Hello, my internet friends. Welcome. So walking and talking to show. Walk and talk. I was just thinking to myself before turning on the camera, I was thinking, I know how I'm going to start off this video. I'm going to query to myself and to you, dear viewer, how will this walking and talking be any different from any of the other ones. We are on the same old route. Look at that bright, sparkly water. There's nothing special about this day. Nothing, you know, unique, at least as far as we're aware so far. I have no special topic to talk about. I plan even to, you know, do the same old thing. I'll walk on the same old route and forage the same old greens that I foraged the last couple times because I took them home and I made a ton of pesto and I'm just, why not make a ton more? But what's gonna happen? It's never the same. You do the same thing every day and it's never actually the same. Sometimes I'll get on the internet and look for something new and stimulating. But it's got to be something that fits into the framework of what I already know so that it can interface with my existing worldview but freshen it up a little bit give it a little bit new angle man already already warming up here already got to take off a layer I'm always lo I'm looking for something new, you know? But sometimes I just get tired of, of new. I get tired of thing after thing after thing, you know? 
what if I what if I have like a news website or some kind of content farm website that I check back in regularly or a podcast and I check back into the podcast regularly and there's always some new topic some new subject in there and that's all fine and pleasant but sometimes I just get tired of the whole the whole darn activity the whole darn premise I get tired of content you know it's like sure I get some new information and sometimes that information is very interesting and stimulating and seems seems to somehow grow my awareness in some way but it's like it's kind of like a it's it's like horizontal experience it's like you know it might be widening my breadth of knowledge but it's not actually raising my awareness it's not actually it's not actually transforming my consciousness into something that is you know actually able to perceive more of the world or perceive the world in a deeper way it's just adding more information to the same level that I'm already at I get tired of that and then I just come out side and do this when I do this I'm like have a break from receiving any information I don't have an idea of what I'm going to say beforehand. I don't have a topic. Because this isn't exactly that sort of thing where each thing, each episode is like a new topic, you know? Maybe topics come up, sure. But it's not really about the, it's not even really about the content. Per se, you know, there's, you can say there's content here. You can say this is content. But to me, the content itself is kind of empty. And the long format of this, I think makes that apparent eventually. Because it becomes clear that I just come out here 
day after day without anything specific to talk about and then the talking just starts rolling and it may be interesting or not and topic after topic comes out but it becomes clear that this could just go on endlessly there's not a there's not a point in the conventional sense to it you know I just kind of think about how much news and content I've consumed in my life and I think I ask myself, I wonder if I would be any worse off having never consumed like 90% of that news and content. If the time that I spent listening or reading or watching news and articles and whatnot, or just spent doing something like this, what would I be like? I mean, certainly, thoughts and ideas and vocabulary and such have to enter my mind from somewhere. I'm just talking about how, at a certain point, it's like, enough information is enough I mean this is not a new idea either people talk a lot about information overload nowadays but it's not just it's not just about avoiding information it's about heightening your perspective to be able to observe how your mind interacts with information in the first place And that's part of this, where the, this long format comes in. Because I talk and talk and talk and... Eventually, it's almost as if I have no choice but to really... Start noticing... The way my brain works. 
and the way my emotions change in relation to my thoughts the way my whole mind frame changes the way you know it's as if I move through paradigm shifts every time that I do this Certainly, you play a role. My relationship with you plays a role in this, an important one. And certainly I'm trying to communicate in a way that is intelligible to you and I spend other times some of the time when you don't see me on YouTube I may be doing activities with a similar goal of, I don't know, I'm, I'll, I'll, I may be doing things that are a bit more removed from communicating with anyone. Sometimes I might be sitting alone privately, no camera on, doing something that would be recognizable as meditation. Sometimes I might be in private just moving around and doing the strangest things that to me aren't really recognizable as, or categorizable as anything but that the, the uh, experience of doing them is this powerful transformation for me something happening where it's as if I'm going in inner inward 
inward and private in such a way that a, a transformation is happening that is obliterating the inward-outward distinction. And and I you know I go inward so much that I eventually come out the other side and then I feel really refreshed and drawn towards interacting with the outside world no longer seeing it as separate I you know I'm it's it's as if it's as if almost all the time whether what I'm doing on the surface could be described as extroverted or introverted or somewhere on some kind of spectrum in between the two it's fairly inconsequential because I'm, I'm no longer really perceiving a diff difference between those two If I'm in private, say, turned inward, away from the world, then there's usually a process happening that is going to eventually turn me back out on the world, and it's not different. It's, it's all part of the same process. I feel like the notion of the notion of um, fame and celeb celebrity and 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 just you know publicness versus versus privateness is going through this sort of uh, a lot of confusion and. Um, You know, the, the uh, distinction is increasingly being erased in this day and age via the internet.
like this if i ask myself am i famous or not it's a it's a weird it's a strange question and ultimately a pretty a pretty irrelevant question It's like this the stuff that I'm doing in some sense seems so contrary to what one would have to do to, you know, maintain some, to, to gain or maintain celebrity dumb. You know, I'm not doing anything that's that easy to digest. I'm not doing anything very sexy. Like even, even while doing this, something that's, that I'm making totally public. It seems like I'm primarily concerned with the immediate, real-time kind of transformation that happens just right here. But also, you know, also right here. Sometimes I forget to make eye contact with you. Something going on right here. So there's, there's something going on right here and notions notions of of popularity and numbers of views are completely a distraction from what's going on here cuz we can can't we just like set aside this transactional way of interacting with this media? I mean, already like what sort of what's 
what sort of status I occupy, what sort of role I occupy within this um, social media landscape seems very ambiguous, which is a good thing and confusing. So let's, you know, let's let it be that way. And let's, you know, let's let, let's, let's have your role in this be confusing and ambiguous. Let's have your reason for watching this be totally confusing and ambiguous. There, that's a nice patch of chickweed. totally fine to me to just uh, let a train of thought just drop off because like wherever I was going with what I was talking about now j just now is inconsequential you know you know now I can just be saying something totally different I can be doing something totally different in a completely different realm of relating to the world I mean, I mean, I can just be collecting some greens now to eat later. As opposed to analyzing our relationship. Because the, the overall experience, I mean, whatever, whatever component of this experience is essentially the same. I mean, the, the fundamental component of this experience is the same regardless of what's happening on this screen. Regardless of what I say, regardless of how well you think you're understanding or not. The important thing... Imagine being that person. I'm 
That, I mean, that would be, that would be an interesting thing for me to try. Walking while listening to that music for any length of time. That might be, that might be more of a, a challenging paradigm shifting experience for me than what I happen to be doing now. Which is, we could say, in my comfort zone. But it's never, you know, doing the same thing is not necessarily comfortable. Doing the same thing over and over again gets hard, too. It gets harder. I mean, some aspects of it get easier. And some things get harder because you come up with new, you come up against new challenges, new challenges, deeper challenges. You don't want to switch things up. You don't want to constantly be switching things up, except when they are a result of a rigorous in-depth investigation alright forget everything I just said It's not that things don't matter. Because you, you gotta take care of the baseline things. You gotta be practical. See? Take care of baseline needs. But don't always be so don't always be in a rush to, you know? Sometimes doing it the slow way. By which I mean Look at me. I'm eating healthy ass, free ass greens. And I have a plan. To take these home and make pesto out of it. And then I'll be eating that pesto for like a week. It'll be easy to shove into my mouth and it'll be delicious and since I'm getting 
a good supply of greens in my diet. My, my blood sugar levels will remain relatively stable and thus I won't have to be constantly searching for high glycemic snacks and stuff to keep me feeling energized. I'll maintain a steady energy level throughout the day. That's what I mean about taking care of your baseline needs, but sometimes the most immediate answer isn't the best one, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like feeling tired, eat a candy bar is different from feeling tired then like eating a salad and continuing to feel kind of tired until maybe the next day or maybe even the day after when your blood sugar levels start to recalibrate to or even level now that you have a good balance of nutrients in your body as opposed to maintaining the cycle of uh, high, you know glycemic spikes So it's hard to know, you know? It's hard to know sometimes. What the right thing to do is. Oh, I got a stick in my mouth. Got something, something hard in my mouth. Have fun with that one, kids. I'm chewing on a tree leaf stem or something. Or maybe one of these. chickweed there is.
getting more entertaining, right? You can just watch, you can just watch um, a random dude just while out for four hours. And by random dude, I mean the only dude willing to upload stuff like this. You're just watching another person be a person. But what about you? You can be a person too. Like me, be like me. Be free, like me. Liberate yourself, like me. How free you could be. If only you freed up your mind. No, we're we are the same, you and I. We're the, we're all, you know, we're the same stuff. We're the same stuff, and I just happen to upload these four-hour videos over and over again. That's the only difference. There's other differences. There's other surface differences, but you don't really have to liberate yourself. You already are free and you deep down you know it but you forget sometimes you forget and I'm just here to remind you I'm just here to remind you that you and me are essentially the same But don't get, listen. All you critical theory people, don't get up in arms yet. With, your, with the like cultural relativism and, and thinking that I'm, you know, I'm not recognizing my privilege I'm not respecting cultural differences. I'm not respecting 
the, uh, you know, don't get, uh, don't, don't yet get up in arms thinking that, that I'm just putting forth some kind of sort of like, like we, we are, we are all at one narrative in order to maintain my dominator position in the social hierarchy. Hold your horses on that because I'll get to that. I say we're essentially the same and I mean that but let me add a little addendum. When I say that, it's not to suggest that we just ignore things like inequality, unequal access to liberties and resources. And it's not to suggest that we ignore cultural differences. It's not to suggest inaction with regard to inequality, with regard to violence and oppression. But it is to suggest that there is a common origin you know we could and 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 uh we could we can say that I can say that evolutionar evolutionarily. But I think more to my point that there the, is that I do think that the most fundamental component of the human experience is is 
essentially the same is really is really the same for all of us but moreover what that component is is it's just like the fundamental like uh, fact of experience you know that there that there is that we are having experience at all and in that you know when 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 you're able to look at just that part with like you know if you're able to look past the surface stuff the 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 solidified the particular the many and varied aspects of our world and just look at like experience itself consciousness that 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 really entails a non-separateness and there's there's many important things mandated by that kind of awareness it you know mandates us to not behave individualistically to not behave tribalistically to not behave you know eth- ethnocentrically or nationalistically or in in uh, any racist sexist or other forms of bigoted ways it mandates us to to recognize it it mandates us i think to recognize that the the many and varied aspects of the human experience that is the differences are manifestations of our sameness to look at another person and see the things that make them different from us as none other than manifestations of what makes us one and the same because think about it is it even let let alone the question of would it be desirable to have on live in a world where everybody is exactly the same as you or even like even close to the same as you 
Would that even be possible? I mean, sure there exists societies that have like a relatively high amount of homogeneity with regard to race or genetic makeup or cultural practices. But no society can be 100% homogenous. It just wouldn't work. It's like... It's like you can't have an ecosystem that is only ants or something, you know? There has to be... There has to be ants, there has to be plants for ants to eat, and there has to be animals that eat the ants, and, you know, you need all this difference. Like this, you know, this call for, like, ethnostates, ethnostates I think is, tr is truly regressive and um, untenable. It's just like a, a total, like, retreat into, like, an outmoded, antiquated, um, sort of, like, security zone. Wanting to go back to the security zone, nobody's different. To like to reject to reject another person or or group of people on, on these sorts of like um, just kind of like very like sort of natural differences is 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 just like is really an indicator that you you need to grow you need to grow in your awareness of the world to be able to see you know to be able to see how a difference in another person is a manifestation of exactly what makes you who you are. So like, you know, looking, looking beyond the many and the varied to be able to, un to experience the oneness could be called wisdom. And then from that wisdom, 
to be able to to come back and embrace the many and varied and and the different as all purely manifestations of that oneness we can call compassion I just want to grab all the chickweed in in arms reach here. There's gonna be like a there's gonna be like a me-shaped absence of chickweed in this spot. Don't worry, it'll grow back. Part of the part of the, part of it is that meeting meeting your baseline needs more fully and reliably sets the stage for being able to widen your circle of empathy and compassion. So like you have uh, a country or society 
or region or whatever where people are are suffering from a lack of resources or just or just a, a general lack of well-being for one reason or another a uh, you know deficient economy poverty poor education etc etc that makes it harder you know like if you're if you're expanding more energy worrying about meeting your your own basic needs and having some kind of you know security for yourself you know in it could be in the uh, basic biological needs of healthy and sufficient food and housing and shelter and warmth and all that and then there's like emotional needs and just like you know feeling of belonging feeling of being respected and you know friends peaceful relations with the people around you If you, if you have that stuff, it's a lot easier to, to empathize with, you know, a wider, more diverse group of people. So what, you know, what do you do if you, you know, because by pure circumstance, it's quite possible that you could wind up in a situation by no choice of your own where resources are scarce or or you're suffering from some sort of violence or oppression or just unhealthy atmosphere in general Well, I, I mean, I would like to suggest that there are ways of, of starting to meet those needs in a, in a fairly self-sufficient way, I think. Well, like, say, in, in uh, where I am in, in this society, this culture, It's like, you know, you can you can you can see me getting a bunch of healthy and free food just kind of by virtue of having the right knowledge and and the right sort of disregard for the cultural norms which are 
to buy everything, to buy everything conveniently, you know. And, you know, you're surrounded by consumer options that are not very healthy. And if they are healthy, they're probably kind of expensive. Um, there's a lot of values circulating that run contrary to things like thrift and resourcefulness. You know, we have, we have these like pretty, pretty destructive values of like materialism and consumption, conspicuous consumption. Um, we have, you know, these pretty, these pretty harmful narratives of what success is and what, what being, you know, a successful person looks like. And like for, for a man like me, like my age, uh, the, the, you know, notions of success are, you know, kind of kind of tend to like involve like being kind of a a, a domineering um, aggressor who takes you know I'm I'm supposed to be you know bringing home the the proverbial bacon in the form of massive profits and you know where, how do you get these profits in the society? It's I'm not going to say it's always in a harmful way, but quite often, if you really look at it, you know what the end effect is from most economically prosperous enterprises if you know if you really like look at what the net effect is it, it's generally not a positive one so I'm just I'm just saying in my culture the predominant values are pretty detrimental on, on the on the collective scale and I, I would argue on the individual level as well because like here I am like you know I'm willing to totally totally uh, disregard a lot of those harmful values and do the stuff that most people would think of as weird or even depraved you know foraging food dumpster diving just you know being resourceful in a number of ways but it totally it allows me to thrive you know it's a much 
like, you know, foraging some greens, cutting up roadkill deer to get healthy ass meat that's not raised in a factory farm. These are all much more soul enriching experiences in themselves than going to a grocery store and waiting in line and spending a bunch of money. Like all the, all in every way, it's like more enriching. It's more healthy for myself individually. It's for the environment as a whole. It stimulates, you know, all of my senses. I get this tactile experience of processing a roadkill deer, of uh, smelling and, and tasting and uh, interacting directly with this environment. And my my sort of like baseline, you know, this is this is all contributing to sort of like baseline emotional resilience as well. That provides a relatively steady base to be able to have a, a widening embrace of humanity, of the animal world, the rest of living organisms, and then, you know, all the way out to inanimate matter. And then, you know, having this, this expanded sphere of empathy. And when I say, when I say empathy, I, I don't mean this in some kind of like sacrificial terms of like, I'm like sacrificing myself in order to like, you know, feel for another or something. It's just... It's just a component of an awareness of the oneness, of not separateness. But that, that type of broader aware, you know, higher, broader, more encompassing consciousness. also has beneficial downward effects. That is, that kind of consciousness can have a, have a, 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 an influence down on the sort of like, ways that I meet my more basic needs. For instance, making me more inclined to like go out and go foraging 
as opposed to go to the corner store and get a Mountain Dew and a and a uh, what would I get? Flaming Hot Cheetos. And it makes me, you know, more inclined, makes me more inclined to be, like, deeply content with, like, my, you know, quote-unquote material existence than to be in this mind, this wanting, grasping mind state of constantly needing to buy you know the nice new furniture and uh, most fashionable new clothes and all this stuff although you know sure sure fashions you know I can appreciate appreciate a nice made chair a well-made chair Maybe I'm, I might be I might be being actually a a little bit too uh, specific here in in the in uh, play in placing a value hierarchy in types of behavior. So, for instance, you know, maybe there maybe there is a you know, a place in society for the consumption, for the, you know, production and, and consumption of new goods. You know, we can make things, we can, we can make technology better and more efficient and, um, increase our quality of lives in some respect. Sure, yeah. The advance of technology has really um, improved many aspects of our life, our lives. Maybe getting maybe getting a you know well designed table and set of chairs will improve your quality of life. 
to some extent. But I guess what I'm saying is that if, oh, here's a nice patch of nettles. I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come get these on the way back because I feel like I wanna continue on this train of thought without getting too distracted. I think what I'm saying is that with baseline needs met in a sustaining and secure way and and the subsequently higher level needs being met in a secure way and a self-sufficient way and not necessarily self-sufficient it could be interdependent in a secure way that you know those providing a foundation for a broadened and deeper consciousness which is gonna predispose you towards clearer thinking around all your activities so that your relations with the material world can more efficiently meet your needs and those of those around you. You know, I'm just talking about making better decisions. And that, you know, the way that that manifests is going to be different for every person. You know, for me, it might be foraging and dumpster diving, but it's probably not going to be for everybody. And it, it probably, it can't really be for everybody in this society. Not everybody can dumpster dive, you know. Because then there wouldn't be the food economy, economy producing the waste, you know. I'm not saying that, like, exactly what I'm doing, I'm not saying my specific behaviors would ideally be scaled to the rest of society. That's not it, you know. We have, we have and must have a heterogeneous means of meeting our various needs.
you know, so that's part of why this this YouTube series is not like about specific advice or anything. It's more about like, you know, reshaping and uh, expanding and um, ways of thinking, levels of awareness, you know, making a more uh, vigorous um, more I don't know stronger I'm lost oh I lost stronger way of never mind let's let's just let's drop it and just you know look at those birds over there There's more nettles. Maybe I'll sit here and pick some more nettles. It seems like I, I, uh, it seems like I remained on a coherent train of thought for a long time. Proceeding 
this little pause. I mean, it's the same sort of crap that I talk about all the time. You know, you just restate, rephrase, reframe different angles. It's some SSDD, you know? Same shit, different day. I haven't thought about that phrase for a while. That's pretty, that's pretty damn appropriate for this YouTube channel. SSDD. phrase of the day could be the titular line you know I don't mind I don't mind some SSDD. Because really, really the SS is always D. S is D. Dness is Sness. I don't even cook this nettle anymore. I just put it in the food processor. with some olive oil, some nuts, some garlic, some other wild greens, some nutritional yeast, a little bit of salt, maybe some lemon juice. And it's dank, doesn't sting me. Maybe I am a hippie. What, what are the aspects of hippiedom that uh, 
make me so averse to that uh, category of person. I think it's mainly... It's mainly that... So, the the person that represents the archetypal hippie, in my mind, I think is someone who uh, just quarter, just dwells in a sort of safety zone where they're just cons- kind of consuming experiences. As if as if they are, you know, somehow transformational, when in fact these experiences are are really just kind of like different flavored things, like, you know, like, just like consuming kind of like oriental flavored culture, because it's different and, and colorful and attractive and um, you know can you know listening to listening to jam bands this like really just like easy uh, sort of like spoon-fed type of like uh, music like kids music it feels like it feels to me like it feels to me like just another sort of like variation on a consumable subculture It still, you know, doesn't really, like, doesn't really do anything radically transformative. For the hippie or for the society. I don't think. I mean, at least, like, that's, that's what I am sort of categorizing as the the sort of hippie that I feel averse to. You know, endless stream of like various drugs, psychedelic drugs. But, you know, it's like, it doesn't actually change the person. It's, I don't know, maybe it might, but like, it's still going to be like bogged down in all this like orientalist culture all you know the orientalist like trappings
and like too ecocentric you know it's like i you know i happen to always be out in nature so to speak but it's like it's really just like a place for me to like uh not be distracted by information <clears throat> so i can talk but i i'm not like I'm by, I'm not like a back to nature kind of guy. I mean, yeah, sure, I forge, whatever, it's free and healthy. But I'm not like, I'm not like we need to go back into hunter-gatherer days. I'm not like, you know, you'll hear none of that from me. I'm not like we need to all get in touch with Gaia, the Earth's mother. Hell no. Because that, that would also be regressive. You know? Re that would be regressing to animistic, magical thinking that a long time ago was the top-level worldview for hunter-gatherer societies. But we have grown beyond that. Sure, with lots of uh, you know, pathologies that come with the territory of civilizing, industrializing, and techno technologizing. Um, but I'll, you know, I'll take this over the sort of violence and insecurity and um, relatively limited understanding of reality of an animistic hunter-gatherer society. As a society, as a society, we still contain um, all the possibilities that were available for a hunter-gatherer society, and more, and a lot more. Because it's not like it's not like I would want to have to have to rely on picking nettles in order to survive, you know. It's like I'm I'm very happy that I never really have to worry about 
getting enough calories, you know? Like, all I'd have to do is go to a grocery store. In order to survive, I'd just have to go to a grocery store and, like, I could survive very cheaply, you know? Very little money, just, like, just buy some eggs and potatoes and some broccoli or whatever, you know? I appreciate how easy it is to meet my survival needs here in this society. So that I'm able to focus on other stuff. But of course we gotta, we have to, we have to keep changing. Things about our society. We have to, you know, we have to deal with the modern pathologies. If we want to continue this growth and expansion of consciousness, I mean, much of the work to be done still is catching up much of the world uh, just to like a basically rational 
worldview. You know? Like, monotheistic religion... Like, had... a, It had a... A function in history... But as the monotheistic religions increasingly encounter each other and clash with each other because their worldviews are incompatible, that is, if you are a Christian and you come across a Muslim, either that Muslim is a, you know, that they're, you're not allowed to, you know, both be right. You can't both be right. One, one God, either your God is the true God or their God is the true God. And so don't, don't give me any of this like liberal Christian baloney of like, we can, we can all be right, you know. No! You can't believe in the Christian God as the creator of the world and also believe that the Muslim God, you know, is real. You, ha- you have to, if you're going to say that the Christian, there's a real Christian God, then you have to say that the Muslims are wrong and going to hell. And you might have to, you know, you might realize that that feels like a pretty kind of childish thing to hold on to nowadays. You know, it, it's like that, that kind of dogmatism, religion, religion at all nowadays. It's like, it's separate from how, it's separate from the worldview that we actually use practically, like in life. I mean, and I'm talking about, you know, I guess I'm talking about the developed world or just any world where rationality plays a significant role in life, which is a lot of the world. But it's like, you know, where I live, it's like our our government Basically, ostensibly, in general, perhaps excluding pr- present present uh, administration excluded, well, actually, maybe not necessarily, but but basically, the rational scientific worldview is the one that we rely on to like make basic political scientific. 
technological decisions, it's it's what we rely on to you know really like function at all, just in, on a practical level. And then for some people, there's this other kind of like separated realm where they have where they still maintain a monotheistic religion. Where it's like, you know, where they like still kind of cling on to this idea that there's a creator God that makes things happen, you know, that controls how things happen in the world. Even though it's like if your like car breaks down, you're not gonna like pray to God fix my car. You're gonna like rationally diagnose the problem and fix it. Or your mechanic is gonna rationally diagnose the problem and fix it. And the people that make cars, engineers, will rely upon, you know, physics, material sciences to design better cars. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to be looking in the Bible for, uh, what to what to do in that regard it's like a weird you know it's like a weird intersection of worldviews and increasingly the religions are going when they the more they butt up against worldviews that don't agree with them they're going to they're going to have to die out i just mean this like you know creator god mythology is going to have to die out it just does not, it is just not compatible. With any of our real observations with reality anymore, you know? At a point back in history, it made sense. It's like, like when we, it's like corresponds to this, this worldview when you, you look out upon the world and, and you see in it a reflection of humankind. 
and you see how it sort of seems like things are here for you a person it's things are here here for people things are just put here to serve us people Like, hmm, here's some plants that are perfectly edible for a human. Here's some animals that I, that uh, people can eat. And the sun comes up and warms us. And there's fire and it keeps us warm. Like, how did this all come about? S- seems like, you know, and, and, and it's like, Well, it's like looking from our experience, our human experience, it, at that point in time, it was hard to conceive of the world coming into existence from anything other than a human-like consciousness and so it's just sort of natural that we would assume that a human like consciousness created all this world And that sort of omnipotent God mythology had sort of a broad socially unifying function to it that lent itself perfectly towards you know, these uh, intense dominator hierarchies, you know, monarchy. Omnipotent God-creator, mythology, worldview, understanding of what is reality, like kind of falls hand in hand with like the respect of the authority of monarchs monarchs that have been ordained that way by God someone you know this omnipotent force just put this king in power you know and and so it's like why why do we do the things that we do in reality because God said so and because the king said so a king is like basically acting on behalf of God because the Pope said so, you know.
And so then, you know, we had, we've had this long era of these uh, stratified societies, these hierarchical societies. And, you know, um, with glaring, glaring pathologies embedded in them, you know, insane cruelty and, you know, the, the most like intense violence and cruelty one could imagine crusades, wars, um, you know, uh, genocides, and so that's nothing, you know, that's What is it? What's the phrase I'm looking for? That's that's nothing to that's nothing to sneeze at. But uh, those types of societies did have this type of society did have the effect of. Leading towards an increased sophistication in human society that we didn't have before. It's increasing specialization of labor. Um, a wider scale cooperation. That is like, you know, making you know, making things that took very complicated cooperation of like all these different people all orchestrated, each one doing like very specific jobs that all work together to make one thing that, you know, couldn't, could never have, that's so complex it couldn't have been orchestrated in something like a hunter-gatherer society. You know, so we had this advanced, bigger advance in technology, advances in various fields like you know, you had like you had alchemy like starting to like beginning to start turning into like chemistry and then. You had these ridiculous leaps in astronomy, like Ptolemy and Copernicus making this insane revelatory leap in understanding our place in the world of being like Actually, the Earth 
isn't the center of the universe and not things don't rotate around us but in fact earth is just one little dot in a huge universe and it rotates around the sun and not only that but the sun is just one of millions of stars and it itself is like moving around in a galaxy what can you imagine what it would take to come to that conclusion from just a place of mere observation of the sky like you know I'm walking down here I look up at the sky and had I never heard otherwise it would seem perfectly obvious to me that here the ground is the center of things and the moon and the stars are just kind of rotating around me you know we're starting to move from always seeing ourselves as the center of the universe to being increasingly like just you know just like a less significant part of something or or just like I don't know what it is but like realizing the world is bigger and bigger and less and less centered around the human species and then you know this this type of advancement of of awareness and thinking like starts to eventually lead to what we call science and rationality and being like like hmm maybe actually it wasn't a person like being that created everything magically but that there are these natural physical laws that everything around us abides abides by these you know fundamental laws that everything follows and that even ourselves our bodies and minds follow these same fundamental laws that we see in effect around us and and our 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 place is to learn more about these laws that they're you know there was a time when it was a new way of thinking to be like there is an objective truth out there and our job is to is to learn is to get closer to it by observation
as opposed to there's this omnipotent force on high that just gives us all the knowledge that we need. So while in a monotheistic mythology had a had an important role in in developing our society and our worldview it eventually developed our worldview enough to defeat itself to undermine itself and now we have a rational scientific worldview that is the basis for further understanding that is and has also set the stage, you know, slash setting the stage, so it's already set the stage for an expansion of awareness and understanding of our world that will in fact undermine the rational worldview. not in a way that goes backwards we're not going backwards into thinking that you know we need to like make make uh, animal sacrifices to Gaia the earth mother But we're, you know, we're going, we got to go forward. Expanding. Expanding our worldview into these like. Trans rational. Awarenesses. Where you understand the nature of things, I, I, and like, and this is where it gets difficult to put into words. It's hard to, you know, transmit this kind of awareness in the rational paradigm, which is like basically where. What language tends to be, you know, kind of like the highest level that language can really express. But, you know, you can try. And, and you should.
But it's part of part of what I'm talking about with walking and talking itself, where the content, how a lot of what I'm saying may be totally rational. You know, the I'm what I'm saying is based on rationality. It basically makes sense most of the time. But we do often get to a point where maybe you've had this experience where it's like and watching, walking, and talking where it's like it's kind of like gone beyond making sense. Like, you know, the way how if I were if I were only relying on rationality in my decision making, just total, you know, conventional rationality, maybe I wouldn't even make these four hour long videos, you know? Rationality might tell me like you know, just to make the shorter, more, much more edited, to the point videos with clear and concise topics that you can state in the title, uh, so that you can maximize views and revenue. But still. using using rationality I can also I can also you know extend my consideration to the wider world extend my consideration to something wider than my own personal profit And understand that <clears throat> what seems to be the most immediately and personally profitable ain't the best in the long run or on the whole for you know society as a collective But I don't just stop there. I don't, I'm, I'm not just stopping at like, you know, this is, it's not like this is just for the betterment of society. It's not, it's not that, that's not like the ultimate point. It's like the ultimate point is that there isn't an ultimate point. And that 
we make an attempt to occupy a state of mind that is beyond the sort of making sense paradigm. You know, to have awareness you know this is where words words start to fail me but something's happening something's happening here as the world's words fail me Something, you know, something that's uh, qualitatively different about my experience in a vertical sense. Not just a horizontal variation of the content of my mind. but a qualitative change of the state of my mind of what I'm aware of, what, what component of this experience am I identified with? That, in fact, feels like it's starting to diffuse or expand And I just keep talking here to try and maintain a link between you and I. So that there's not a huge gap between my experience and your experience. But at this point, it's not like I'm trying to tell you anything exactly or impart anything exactly to you, but
I do have this desire to have sort of a merger of our experiences or just a, a uh, feeling that we are experiencing a similar mind state. But actually, now that I say that, I realize that's not actually important or more to the point is that now you and I we are we are starting to tap into the quality of ex of experience like the you know what I was saying like the fundamental quality of experience just just kind of like the fact that we are experiencing it all But also, also a certain, in another kind of sense, a certain autonomy. Like, like I have this feeling now that the quality of my experience right now is causing me to drop off, actually, any kind of worry or concern about your experience because I'm sort of stopping to think about you and I as these separate identities because now now it's as if I'm just kind of I'm just kind of experiencing this experience with not so much of this inner outer division so I you know I'm feeling this autonomy And I, I want to say I want to say that you also are just kind of noticing a subtler, subtler aspect of your experience And maybe you're not like focused on me as an identity, me as a person, or you know, relating to you as a person, not like us as individuals, but there's just this experience here, you know? There's a screen, there's some speakers or some headphones, there's light, you know? There's light entering your eyes. There's 
There's sound entering your ears. There's just this, you know, there's this, uh, there's this physical exchange of energy. Our boundaries are porous. Our boundaries don't really, ex you know, our, the boundaries exist, but then they don't. They exist and they don't. Like you and I, we, I'm a person and you're a person in the world. We're two people in the world, but then, but also, but also, also we're not. It's like, I, it's like now I, I can, I can, It's like I can I can see the separateness like within and something all encompassing. You know, here's me. Here's here's my body in the world relating to the world. I can have willpower and I can move around. But then that is inside It's inside of something larger and more encompassing in which all of this is just sort of happening. And there's you. There's a technological device conveying these pixels of light and these bits of auditory information. You know, there's, there's, there's you as an individual, as an identity, relating to your world, re relating to this me, this digital representation of another person. But then all of that, all of that is encompassed within something larger. 
where there's where it's as if like there's just experience there's just there's just a consciousness and it's not doesn't feel like any individual consciousness it doesn't feel like your consciousness or you know within you know there is you know there's our individual separate consciousnesses but then then at the same time those feel all just kind of like embedded within a general consciousness or something I something I don't know And there's like, there's me, there's me here talk, speaking with agency, you know, there's, I can sense, I can sense this me that seems to have agency and control what I say. But then at the same time, there's also this thing happening of, at the same time, I'm just observing, talking, talking happening. This is... what happens every time this happens every time S-S-D-D. Same shit, different day. But the S is the D. The sameness is the difference. And the difference is... The, the sameness is different. But then... But then there's... But then all the difference is... The, all the difference is part of the same. Oh, come on. This is like... This is too tempting, you know? I suppose anybody that those pumpkins there has to expect them not to last there for too long. You know, right above the water, like, how fun would that be? Of course, I'm not going to throw these pumpkins into the river because I'm the sort of person that appreciates the unmanifested in the world. I appreciate 
potentials, potentialities. I appreciate these pumpkins' potentiality of being thrown into the river more than I would appreciate their actuality of being thrown in the river. You know, the unmanifest. The teen, the teen delinquent who merely appreciates the potentiality of TPing somebody's yard. That's kind of, that's kind of the, the sort of delinquent that I, I think I was. The one who like, The one who doesn't leave the flaming bag of dog poop on the doorstep, but just merely appreciates the unmanifested potentiality of the flaming bag of dog shit. Oh, it's gonna get dark soon and then there's gonna be very little visual information on the screen unless I start walking in a more well-lit area but sometimes I wonder should this just be an audio recording is all of this video information, just wasted memory, space, wasted bandwidth. A waste of electricity transmitting it. Am I wasting valuable resources with the amount of data that I'm transmitting? There probably is a more efficient solution. Maybe there's a more efficient solution. In terms of duration, 
or you know sheer volume of data can I trim down the amount of information here just to, to what's really crucial you know how can I how can I distill how can I How can I more efficiently affect the type of experience that I want to affect while using less resources? But here I am, you know, thinking very rationally about things. Boy, it's getting cold. We're being pretty, we're being pretty rational, aren't we? My mode of delivery has been Pretty normal. I haven't done much weird shit. What's with that, huh? Where's more of this? Transrationality that I speak of.
also, where's the pleasure and the joy? It's not not here. I still feel out here. I've, I still feel concentric rings. of understanding concentric rings of selfhood there's me the individual acting with agency saying things thinking what I'm gonna say in charge of my own life and then there's this other observer that's just observing this, this me, observing, thinking, observing, talking. Observing myself getting sick of hearing myself say the same sorts of things that I've said. Observing myself say the sorts of things that I've read. Observing myself repeat. attitudes that I've picked up elsewhere in the world from books from books mostly and then and also little affectations little weird voices that I make like that. Feeling disidentified with those little weird voices and stuff like that. Hat being familiar with them now as an already constructed affect. therefore not authentic. What do I mean by authentic? I mean something that seems to originate from the very top level of consciousness that's present here. Or maybe even beyond it. Or to just be 
observing. This body and this mind doing things that I wouldn't expect it to do, that I, that seem fresh or something like that, or new, but not, not exactly just new, but new and familiar in a welcome in a welcome way and not a tired way. Not tired old self, but a self that's right, right jam in the nook of the unmanifest in the in the really in the narrow little cranny between the manifest and the unmanifest jamming myself right in there so i get the really juicy juicy parts of reality you know not not just not coasting along in my shell of self, in my shell of self that just holds on to its familiar and safe affects and attitudes and patterns. <sighs> Can I ever escape that? I don't know. I don't know. Could anything that I say or do ever actually be new or actually be spontaneous or actually be actually authentic? Or is it all only an amalgamation of affects experiences information that have I've picked up from else in the world elsewhere in the world just that are just you know kind of coming through me and probably not that's probably all I have but I I want to be on good terms with that I want to be on good terms with the lack of discrete, authentic individuality and be in a, in a joyful relationship with the knowledge that I really am nothing but an amalgamation of concepts and traits and all this other stuff that is all that's present all elsewhere in the world as well and just happens to be one particular localized combination of uh you know manifested particularities of reality 
Know what I'm saying? To just be chill with that. And have fun with it. Have fun with it. But maybe I have to, maybe I have to experience a little bit of this discomfort of chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. That's some layers. Of feeling stupid, you know. I feel this. I feel this. I feel the dumbness. I feel. I feel the dumbness of what's going on here with me. I'm, notice, I didn't say that I feel like I'm dumb, but I mean, it's like, yeah, I feel dumb, but I'm also like just chill with the fact that like that dumbness is and as a, you know just a manifested aspect of greater reality at the moment so I, I accept it but I want to get to a place where I don't feel dumb I want to I want to not feel dumb about what I'm doing. Can I can I just force it? Can I just force can I where do I apply the effort to not be doing something dumb? Right now. Right now. Make make this good. Even, even like the, even the tones of voice, the strangulated tones of voice, even the, even the tensing up of my body, even the getting all riled up like this, even the getting all riled up like this, I'm just, I can recognize it as a pattern that I've done before, and I'm like, ah, I'm just a pattern. <sighs> living itself out i'm just i'm just a pattern repeating itself i'm just a bunch of patterns i'm nothing more than patterns i'm only patterns this it, this unfolding is only patterns that totally conform to the thermodynamic laws of physics ah oh, oh. Oh, how can, how can I make this activity be aligned as much as possible with what's actually mysterious in reality? Wait, let me get into the mystery. Let me, let me be the mystery. Let me be the mystery. Let this... 
be the mystery. Let me get down in that crack. Let me get down in the crack. In 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 the mechanist mecha, mechanistic reality. Let me get down in the the cracks in scientific materialism. And let, let and and you know let my consciousness be the same as the mystery let my consciousness be the same as the present moment let the present moment be the mystery and what's mystery it's not only unknowingness because you have to you have to have a basis of knowing in order to have an unknowingness it's the it's the fulcrum it's the fulcrum it's the nexus between the manifest and the unmanifest it's the nexus between the knowing and the unknown let me just let me just pierce through the veil I can't I'm not doing it Everything I say, everything I say, everything I do, I see it happen, and then I'm like, that's not, and then I'm like, that's not me, and I'm like, where's the, where's me? Everything I see, I'm like, that's just a behavioral pattern continuing. I see it all. I can see the whole psychology of what's happening right now, and I'm just like, how come I'm only governed by this, you know? Isn't there something here that's ungoverned? done stuff like that before too you know it's all it's all right though just gotta be chill with it stop fighting it stop fighting it stop fighting it sure 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 everything that constitutes yourself is completely of the other. Sure, sure, there's no aspect of yourself that's truly independent from the rest of the world. Sure, there's no aspect of your behavior that doesn't merely abide by psychological, behavioral, thermodynamic laws. Sure, everything about you could be explained away by sociology or psychology or biology or physics. Sure. 
even when you look at yourself closely. You can't find the real you. But I just gotta, we just gotta be chill with that. We gotta, uh, why? I keep even, even all this groaning, all this groaning that I'm doing, even that, I'm like, I'm like, ew, and then even that, ew, even that reaction to my reaction, my visceral reaction against my visceral reaction, even all of that, it's just this continued cycle that I'm feeling alienated from. But on another level, on another level, I'm watching all of this unfold and I'm chill with it. On, a, on the highest level, I'm chill with it. I'm enjoying tensing up my body and relaxing it. I'm enjoying the variety. It's all right. Not much is surprising me here. There's nothing really surprising me here. All this wildness is not anything unfamiliar to me. I could tense up my body like this just for fun. And I can speak in the strangulated tone. And then I can just relax my body and speak in this relaxing tone. It's chill. Where's that watercress? Can I pick some in the dark without accidentally picking a poisonous plant? Where's that watercress at? Did I pass it yet or did I not pass it yet? Here it is. Let's get out a bag. I don't know what you can see in the dark. But I'm going to get some of this watercress because it's an excellent addition to the pesto. It's peppery. I'm lounging on a log. And lounge on this log and do go on a shopping spree. Can can I get all of this integrated? You know, can't I can't I get all of my behavior integrated with the mystery? So that I'm deeply experiencing the mystery as it unfolds in the acutely present. Seems like I should be able to. I think so. I think I have a memory of doing that before. What's... What, what makes me doubtful? What makes me doubtful? Maybe...
don't know. Um, I guess some, I guess some wild out. It's the degree to which you experience yourself wiling out is the is the real telltale key, you know. It's your your experience of wiling out. How how out are you wiling? Here's woo. I got the whole, I think I got the whole plant. Look how long that root is. You probably can't see, but this press is so crispy. It's watery and peppery. It's like, you ever eat a really fresh and crisp vegetable, it's like all that to the max. I'm gonna munch some now. Oh, yeah. But if I keep doing this, you know, if I keep doing this in the relative vacuum, keep doing this volking, things will develop that are, that's, you know, you marinate all that difference. Every, it's true, everything is of the other, but you marinate it. You let it marinate until it becomes a relatively distinct manifestation of the otherness. Of differentness. It becomes a form of differentness in which people might be able to recognize a certain kind of sameness sameness in which people, people may be able to recognize a difference differentness that's a thick one I got a thicky I can't but I can't you know can't just do this flippant thing. I can't just be, you know, non sequitur, non serious, 
flipping, messing around. But I already was speaking in a very serious tone for much of this episode. Maybe this is the counterbalance. How, how much surprising variety can we get? How much You know, perceived variety. Vari variety in your perceived, variety in your experience that's per I'm talking about complexity. It's not just a completely incoherent stream of words with no syntax or anything like that because that would quickly get boring it w and then it would, it would uh, not allow for surprise, really. You have a, you, we have to have a mixture of understood meaning and things that deviate. We have to have a mixture of pattern and deviation, expectation and surprise. To create maximum engagement. It's still so dumb. I'm, I'm, this is still so dumb. But only, only when I think about it from the imagined point of view of highly intelligent people. But I'm intelligent, I'm intelligent enough to watch back on this video and be like, that was dumb. I'm intelligent enough to look back at this video and feel embarrassed. And feel embarrassed. And so I just don't watch them. I don't, I don't watch them back. I just go ahead and do them. I think it's that here's here's probably what's going on here. 
I feel hyper, but I don't know if I actually feel like expansive. You know what I'm saying? I might just be feeling hyper. This might just be hyper activity. I think that's true. I think I'm... Now, I mean, now I'm... I'm perceiving myself. I'm perceiving myself, perceiving myself to be having a constricted, limited awareness. Being identified with the hyperactive persona but now I'm disidentifying with the self who is disidentifying with the hyperactive persona let me just let me just focus on you Viewer, you'll save me. Save me, viewer. Save me from myself. Literally. Here's the. Nope, I'm approaching the light. You literally do save me. Or is it metaphorically? You save me from myself, viewer. If I didn't have you, I'd just have, I'd be, I'd be stuck in myself. Ah, this is bad. think to myself I'm I'm failing I'm failing to do anything other than perform a certain hyperactive persona that's the thing is that I feel like I'm failing to do anything other than perform. How do I get out of it? How do I get out of this of performing? Performativity. I don't know whether I don't know whether to tense up and 
and react against myself or to try and relax into this experience I should probably do the latter because it's harder I'm walking slower I'm walking slower I'm trying to relax I'm trying to I'm trying I'm trying to let go I'm trying to let go of this Formative persona. I'm trying to let. I'm trying to. I'm trying to let go. Of this hyper self. But I'm highly physiologically aroused. I'll just go against that. But now that I'm walking slower, it's getting colder. And I think that's part of it. That I may have been subconsciously maintaining a higher state of physiological arousal in order to keep myself physically warm. And that's why it feels better to walk faster like this. And it feels better to tense up my whole body and talk like this because it gen just generates heat. I know what to do. I know what, to, I know the solution to this is to run. I can run and then it's like it sort of even things out a little bit, bit, bit because I'll be able to, I don't know, this is just like creates a better equilibrium with my uh, high state of physiological arousal. So maybe Whatever persona that I adopt won't have to make up for it. Won't have to make up the difference. Maybe I'll present a more accurate. Maybe I'll be presenting a more authentic. start running again soon. I'm going to be back in the lighted 
in the lighted world. Soon. It's like I feel, it's like I feel lost, but also okay. It's like I feel, I feel a certain kind of, I feel a certain kind of dissatisfaction, but then I feel another, there's another level looking at the me that's feeling the dissatisfaction. that knows it's all all right the stakes I mean the stakes they're kind of high right I think the stakes are high I really feel like the stakes are high this is our this is our experience this is our time together This is our time to, you know, have a really important, valuable experience. What's a what is a valuable experience? We should walk away with from this feeling good in our own skin, you know. We should. We should be able to walk away from this experience feeling at home in reality. For crying out loud. For crying out loud. I'm gonna run some more. Because I know, I know that this, you know, transforms adrenaline into endorphins. If, if nothing, if nothing else, if nothing else, we might as well feel some endorphins. We, we're meeting a lot of our other needs. We got food. We got in intellectual. Ponderance. We we got mediated connection. Might as well get some exercise while we're at it. It's a little awkward to run with a backpack, but I'm just gonna. Ah, uh, oh, I can't stand my. I can't stand. I can't stand experience of myself performing. I can't stand it. Stuck. It's karma though. I think I scared that person.
I must, to the cyclists, I must just appear like a floating blue head because there's just this blue light from my battery pack illuminating my face. I don't know, I don't know if you can see it at all. It's probably too dark. But the cyclist doesn't even see me until they're close to me and then they probably only see my illuminated blue face. <laughs> can't I can't bring myself to do an actual like spooky laugh. It's okay. It's if if I'm ex if I'm gonna experience this sort of uh, this sort of self disgust, which I do sometimes, it's all right. It's part of it's all part of the plan. It's all it's all it's all it's all necessary. You know, I'll feel some self disgust for a time. And it's all, it's all part of just like disidentifying with that self and casting off, casting off the stale bits, casting off the stale bits. Just gotta notice they're stale sometimes, you know? Like cleaning out the moldy crap in your fridge. There's a lot, you know, there's, there's stale stuff stuck to me that I gotta shake off. It's all, it's all part of the plan. I'll, I'll, I'll spook this place. <laughs> I can do it. I'm doing it now. I'm doing it now. 
we can do it, you know? It's in between the words. Look in between the words. Look in the little cracks in between your thoughts. Oh, oh, broad YouTube audience. Oh, general public. And uh, you're not, you're not very general. I don't know. I don't know how general you are. How general do you feel? I don't feel, I don't feel very general. But maybe I'm more general than, all right. In between the words. What? How much time do we have? We still have 45 minutes. It's all part of the plan. It's all, everything, Belongs. I'm I'm sick of seriousness and I'm sick of sarcasm. And I'm even beginning to get sick of that ambiguous, half serious, half sarcastic thing. What else is there? pain and suffering. Pure pain and suffering. Like watching an improv comedian on stage. Pure suffering. Tragedy. It's it's the it's the shell, you know, it's the hardened 
shell of performativity that before was experienced as authenticity in preceding episodes when I learned this emotional technique of willing myself into a happier state of of motivating myself out of a state of torpidity into a state of joyful spontaneity that was authentic before but now is being perceived as a by me as a performative shell that is confining so now I'm rattling my cage I'm rattling my cage of performative spontaneity Yeah, take that, take that. I think that, I think that cut to the bone. Probably not a dissimilar feeling to being stuck in rush hour traffic. You know, you're stuck in your shell. You want to leave it behind. It did something for you before. It got you far. It took you far before. But now it feels like a hindrance. And you just want to get out of your car and leave it there on the road and just walk the rest of the way. Just leave it there in the traffic jam and just walk past the cars. We're back, we're back in Carland early today. We get an extra little dose of Carland. I I kind of suspect that at some point. 
it's possible that walking and talking may become for me and for you a little bit too sequestered from the world too cloistered Shouldn't I be tackling the issues? I guess I like to think of myself as tackling the meta issue. I can't believe there's still 38 minutes left. What, how are we gonna, how are we gonna fill this time? How are we gonna act useful? You know, it's the end of your shift, act productive. Even though there's, you know, you don't really feel the capacity of accomplishing anything. You gotta, you gotta act productive for another 38 minutes. I love I love you. I I don't know, maybe it's interesting how my thoughts are becoming seemingly more non-sequitur but seem to have still some kind of in intuitive logic to them some kind of intuitive continuity. break out of the cage though. Or am I already out of the cage? It's, maybe it's a little bit, it's more as if 
it's more it's like I'm I'm inside and and outside of the cage at the same time but I just want to get rid of the cage altogether or at least open a door at least open the door to the cage so I can move freely in and out you know like a dog cage like I want to you know I want to be able to come out of the cage and hang out and have some space and then you know maybe I'll maybe I'll crawl back into the cage when I want a little security to, to, but to be able to come and go as I choose We're all coming home from work. And we just can't wait to get home and shed our performative shells, you know? We're at work and we gotta be a certain kind of person. We got to present a kind of person that remains within certain boundaries. And then we can get home to our privacy and and sh and shed that facade. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to not being in front of the eye. I'm looking forward to not being under your eye, YouTube viewer. I love you. I, I like that you're here. I'm amazed that you're here now, that you're doing this. I'm heartened. I am, I am ultimately profoundly grateful for this connection. I'm not kidding. I'm profoundly grateful for this opportunity to communicate. But then, you know, just sometimes some of those days where on another level you kind of can't wait to be done you understand
but it would be it would be alleviated if I felt like like I could break out of relating to you this way why am I why do I feel as if I'm relating to you as not my not my real self where maybe I'm not fully respecting you for your real self maybe I'm not maybe I'm underestimating you viewer maybe I maybe I'm not fully trusting you in some way maybe I'm not fully trusting you viewer to re to reveal the depths of myself maybe there's some other level to break through to but it's not like we want we don't necessarily want to share everything with everybody all the time you know we don't want that you don't necessarily want to be besties with every single person you encounter through a day but do you want to be my bestie am I already your bestie without me knowing it Performing a certain function, a certain other function. Am I like, am I like? I feel like maybe I'm like straining against a wall or like like a bee that's like furiously buzzing against a window pane not realizing that there's an open escape route just below it and if it would just chill out for a second and stop furiously ramming its head against the window pane trying to break through that it could just realize that it could just, all it has to do is go around the obstacle. Why do I feel like I'm running into some kind of existential obstacle? Existential isn't the right word. Just some kind of obstacle towards feeling as if I'm fully comfortable in my own skin and relating to you authentically
But you know, in this little break, in this little break, there's just like, uh, I can still kind of like, still just kind of like look around and like perceive and that feels like the equivalent of taking a break from buzzing against the window pane just taking a break now I'm now I'm like the bee just slowly walking around on the, on the window on the frame of the window I just gotta keep doing that for a little while And eventually, you just you you find the opening, and then and that's kind of just finding an opening just means like a realization of the contiguousness of the inside space and the outside space. Just stop slamming up against the cage for a little bit and just chill out and and know that you'll find the contiguousness between the inside and the outside, which just means an open window or an open door. Which is good because otherwise I would just be wasting this pixel space with blackness, with uh, just a uh, black screen without information on it. I, you know, in recent episodes, I found myself needing to motivate myself into a higher state of arousal, and now I find myself needing to relax myself into a lower state of, rea of arousal. I 
I think it's working. I'm trying to chillax a little bit here. But maybe, maybe you could pick up on a certain presence all along that does retain a certain amused distance from all of it. You know what I'm saying? It's not like at any point during this I've been genuinely and fully and like fully distressed. All of the distresses in in some way remained within some sort of uh, performative limitation or performative sphere that's within a larger sphere a lo uh, it's beneath a higher perspective that has maintained a certain distance uh, that feels a certain kind of security really? But what about all that self-disgust I was feeling? It was like... I guess that was still all kind of this uh, physiological thing. This physiological uh, reaction. energy that continued to find as its expression uh, sort of a performative reaction against the persona that I was perceiving myself to be projecting I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't know if that, like a certain physiological energy just kind of going off inside a certain confined set of limitations. presenting as physical repulsion towards my self perception, my self consciousness of the character traits that I was presenting. I keep noticing 
I keep noticing I keep noticing limitations that I have been performing within without realizing it. Like now I've been going on and on in a sort of uh, self analysis analysis of my performance analysis of the layers of performativity that constitute my social presenting self and I observed that just now and I'm like isn't there a whole nother world of possibility for what I could be doing here in this video other than than self-analysis well yeah and I, I, I well actually I've done a lot of that already it's really gone you know it started out it started out in a really earnest really earnest way a really um, sort of I don't know talking about raising consciousness and uh, a more encompassing sphere of compassion in a way that would be you know perfectly amenable to uh, any uh, you know very left-leaning liberal you know super wholesome super wholesome and and then I you know I went off on a somewhat in-depth um, explanation of evolution of worldviews leading up to the transrational and then like you know some sort of like attempt to enter that state and to confer it upon you but then perhaps perhaps a sort of breaking down of linear narrative that occurred as a result of attempting to enter this transrational state and with, with uh, some amount of success then leading to this sort of uh, hyperactive spontaneity and the hyperactive spontaneity itself having varied degrees of self-constriction and self-expansion but a little bit more on the constriction side you know feeling constricted inside my shell of performative hyperactive spontaneity that's all
and I'm I'm feeling just how I'm really feeling the duration now. Like when I say that I that it feels like I like I've been at this for a long time. I guess that means that I feel really immersed in it for better or for worse, you know? And I feel, I feel inside of it as opposed to outside of it and I'm waiting to get out of it, you know? I'm waiting to get outside of this video. Whereas then I can feel like I'm in the real world. Why? Why don't I feel like I'm in the real real world now? I guess it's just maybe it's still just uh, the some of the self-consciousness hanging on. Needing to maintain something for you, my friend, my internet, my dear, dear internet friend. I know I know this is also the real world but it boy what a world huh I know it's real but it's like effing wild you know it's just it's wild to me that uh, I'm doing this today it's wild to me that I do this repeatedly it's, it's wild to me that I will bring myself on, on such a strange journey. But then I feel, but then I feel a kind of uh, wonder at that. I experience a kind of wonder and and happiness and amusement and uh, enjoyment just at the you know just being amazed that the kind of world exists that produce a person like me that does something like this 
it feels kind of amazing to me. And even with all the, uh, even with all the ridiculousness, all the rattling of the cage makes it all the more, more remarkable to me it's that a video like this exists. I, I seem to be taking on the affectation of like uh, an overly enthused um, like scientist TV personality or like or like a scientist that for the for first time in his life is getting interviewed on PBS as part of a new Nova documentary and is really really stoked about convincing the audience of how remarkable um, you know whatever it is that he's studying like how big the universe is or how old the universe is or whatever or how hot the big bang was or you know I'm noticing myself taking on this affect that wants to convince you of how, just how strange this world is. Wonder. But I feel as if, I feel as if I see through everything that I'm saying and I see through everything that I present to you. Every little thing that I say, every little affect that I adopt, every little vocal inflection, seems like just one fairly arbitrary option out of infinite, infinite possibility. Ugh.
like I feel the the pain I feel the pain of the arbitrariness of everything I'm doing It's not severe. It's not. It's pain, but the pain's all right. Pain's all right. It's actually perfectly fine. I'm perfectly fine with feeling this pain, I think. I mean, I am. I am. It's like at the same time, I wouldn't choose to be doing anything else, you know? I could, I could have, I could stop this video at any time. It doesn't matter. It matters. still feels like this time that I've spent, that I'm spending, that I will spend doing this is by no means wasted. Maybe I actually am in the little nook, in the little nook, in the little, in the, in the little deep crevice, in the crack, in the crack in rationality, right down in the groove, right down in the groove of the present moment that is inseparable from consciousness itself, that is the, in the nexus, you know, a nexus between the known and the unknown, the manifested and the unmanifested, past and future. Maybe I, you know, this structure, this structure, repeating this thing, repeating this thing over and over again. It does shove me into the notch. It shoves me into the notch. It's pointing me towards the notch. Maybe I might not always get right down, right, right perfectly in it, but I'm always honing in on it if I'm not in it. 
And that's, you know, that's the best you can do. At least be always, you know, oriented towards it. Be honing in on it. is running why don't we do some running it's the end we're almost done let's celebrate with a little run yourself with some endorphins. Who am I talking to here? Who am I talking to? I'm just one, you know, I'm just one physical pattern communicating to another physical pattern and there's no distinction we're just a couple patterns aligning with each other how wonderfully mysterious oh god I can't wait to stop this video and stop wow witnessing myself performing it's gonna be great. It's gonna be so awesome. You're gonna love it. All right, thanks. You really, you really are the best YouTube viewers. You really are the best. I'm completely sincere. When I say that you're mopping the floor with the rest of YouTube viewers. Thanks, see you next time.